This is Ashley Hodge with the Sikkim 365 post-game podcast coming to you after Baylor's 81-74 to win in Lubbock, Texas. They said it couldn't be done. The teams just don't go into Lubbock and win, but the Baylor Bears did it, and Texas Tech is now 0-6 in uh, conference play. I'm joined by Crash Davis. Mark, hey, uh, good to have you on the, the podcast, Mark. I know you're a huge Texas Tech fan, but uh, – What'd you see tonight? Did you what'd you like? And and uh, you know how impressive was this win for the Bears? Yeah, yeah, this was a tough one for me. My my loyalty is really split, uh, you know, between these two schools. But no, I, I thought I thought it was great. You know, I I think uh, I think as fans, you know, we collectively do this every single year, and you think you know the team that you have in November is going to be the team you have all year or even you have in December or early January. And I just think we forget uh, too often that these teams evolve over the course of a year. And I think we're seeing that right now. I mean, we're playing pretty good basketball. Yeah. I I mean, obviously the most impressive stat tonight was three turnovers and, and two of them were by Keontae George. He made the one lazy pass and then he had the offensive charge but, I mean, only three turnovers in the entire game. That's incredible. Uh, you love the fact that we came out shooting the three really well. L.J. Cryer, great shooting performance from everything but the foul line tonight. He, he has 18 points. He was four for four from three, five for seven from the field. Uh, he's only four for seven from the line. I know his coaches and, and his, his dad even is going to give him a hard time about that. He's too good of a foul shooter to miss three free throws, especially in clutch. But Keontae George was incredible in great second half. You, you get a, a tremendous first half from Jalen Bridges and really not much in the second half as, as far as just offensive production. Uh, but, uh, you know, Keontae's uh, big, big second half was huge. And then Adam Flagler, even though he didn't have a, a great game scoring, he's one for eight from three. He has five assists, zero turnovers, played a very efficient game overall. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a great win. Road wins are always uh, – you know, something you have to cherish. But uh, I do think that, uh, you know, Baylor going in there and, and getting this win against a team that they struggled with uh, last year, they got swept, and, and hopefully they return the favor this year. Uh, Tech looks like they're in disarray. I mean, you, you talk about a team that has a really shaky resume, even though they've been playing a lot of close games. Um, unfortunately, Mark, I don't think close games get you into the tournament. You have to eventually start putting wins on paper. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the name of the game. Uh, I, they're out of sorts right now. Uh, I mean, there's really no bad teams in the Big Twelve, but uh, someone's got to lose the games, and right now it's Texas Tech. <laughs> um, I mean, Adams. I, I know coaches kind of get tied to their own schemes, but after seeing their defense get sliced tonight, I if I were him, I would take a look at maybe implementing Scott Drew's no middle defense. Right. <laughs> it might be something for them to think about. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Bears were. I mean, yeah. obviously, Baylor's defense is not uh, putting together masterpieces. Texas Tech scores one point two eight points per possession. Uh, that's that's really good. But the Bears were were scintillating one point four points per possession, and uh, you know, to do that on the road is terrific. I mean, some of these offensive ratings for the Bears are just unbelievable. Uh, Langston Love only 83, and Adam Flagler only 102, but everybody else is over 140. Uh, Keontae George 148, Bridges 167, Cryer 168, Flo Thamba 222, Josh Ojewuna 183. 
Uh, one play Josh made, he had six rebounds and six points. He was really big. Two assists also. Um, I love, you know, that one Keontae uh, miss. He, he got a tough rebound and just put it up real quick as a putback. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a big play in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, like, some of these guys, uh, I've been kind of wondering, like, you know, Jalen Bridges, you know, well-documented, hasn't been shooting a three that well uh this year i mean he's made a couple recently but still you know one for one for four tonight right. uh i think he was one for four the other night although he had one rim out um but i i kept being like well i mean he is six seven i mean there are probably other ways he can score right and i think he's we've seen some more of that uh recently with you know you know loner getting a dunk josh getting a dunk uh you know bridges you know, getting points in the paint and stuff like that and not being totally, you know, like, well, yeah, if he's not shooting well, he's just not going to give us any points uh, on offense. But, I mean, he's shown that he's capable of cutting the basket. And if we can find him on a cut and he can score, then I think that opens opens things up a little bit more. Yeah, you know, it's kind of crazy. You talk about um, Bridges and, and his inefficiency from three. He's 22% on the season. And usually guys that are shooting that poorly have offensive ratings that are kind of in the uh, Star Joe Love, A.J. Walton <laughs> type range. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has got a 123 offensive rating. I mean, it just shows, like, he's one of the top players in, in the country at not turning it over. Uh, he hits the offensive glass. He's, he's top yeah. – you know, he's around 150 in offensive rebounding percentage. He's he's very efficient around the rim. You know he scores uh, seventy six uh, or seventy four percent from two point field goals, which is eighth in the country. You know so he is like really efficient in everything but shooting three so far this year, and he's a seventy six percent free throw shooter also. Uh, so yeah, you know just because he doesn't shoot the three ball well doesn't mean he's not a really effective. No, I, and he's good. Yeah, he's a good for, defender too. I mean on a team that doesn't absolutely. really absolutely he's been controlled. Yeah, absolutely. He's been contributing all year and, uh, you know, the offense is coming around a little bit and I just think overall, um, the numbers offensively have not been bad all year and it's been more kind of an eye test thing. I think for people, it's like, yeah, we score 75 or 80 points a lot, but you know, it feels like we're, you know, Flagler or Keontae is just kind of making magic happen right. uh, at the end of the shot clock. But I feel like these last couple games, uh, the ball's moving a lot better. And, yeah. you know, we're actually getting good looks and not relying. I We've got some guys that can really knock down some tough shots, and that is uh, just a huge asset. But you don't want to rely on that. You want to get good looks. And I really think these last couple games, uh, there was a play – uh, in the game, I think it was LJ was really getting kind of bottled up on the three-point line, and he tossed it high to Bridges, and then LJ's guy kind of sagged off, you know, to go get on Bridges, and Bridges tossed it right back to LJ and just, you know, drilled it for an open look. And those are the kind of looks we need to get and continue to get to uh, uh, really have success because, I mean, like you mentioned, we're still – figuring out defense and hopefully we get Jonathan back and um, you know, it's hard. It's always hard to tell how much is personnel versus um, you know, like what, what is our upside with this personnel defensively? I'm not sure. Right. Uh, but 
you know, if we're scoring a lot like that, you know, we're, we're going to be tough to beat. Yeah. And, 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 you know, this is like, uh, let me go back and look at, uh, how many games in a row we scored over 80. So we're now, uh, 16th in Ken Palm, 13 and five, three and three in the big 12. Oh, we didn't score 80 against Oklahoma state. We could have, I mean, we kind of took the foot off the gas there, but if, if you look, you know, back to T to TCU, every, the last five games, we've been really efficient offensively, um, you know, outside the Oklahoma state game, which was like really the story of just, you know, kind of like the last 10 minutes, we just really didn't, you, you know, we weren't, we weren't really that focused and kind of, you know, didn't play well in garbage time. Uh, we are now, <laughs> this is crazy. Ken Palm's updated. We are now number one in the nation in offensive efficiency after tonight. And our, de- <laughs> and our defense has gone down to one Oh four, uh, you, you know, just shows you like, you know, the defense, uh, Definitely has some some uh, challenges, but um, you know Texas Tech to their credit. I mean, you're not expecting Jalen Tyson to play as well as he did tonight. He made some really tough threes. Uh, Pop Isaacs, you know, he shot 13 threes. He makes he makes three of them. Kerwin Walton comes off the bench, makes four of six from three. Uh, so so there's some outliers there that typically don't get from them. Uh, you know, and then that uh, uh, Fardaz Amik is is a, is a pretty efficient offensive player. You know, it's he's he's a big. Uh, addition for them although you know whatever he gives you offensively kind of takes away on defense but um the only good part about our defense tonight in my opinion was the free throw defense free throw defense was outstanding eight for 15 uh, they caused texas tech to miss a couple front end of one-on-ones that that's good uh but if you if you take that away the defense uh gave up 68 percent from tech at uh the two-point line they they you know 39 percent from three-point range and uh, they give up also 37% of the offensive rebounds. So um, not, not the best, you know, performance from a, from a defensive standpoint. They did, you know, help force nine turnovers. But, uh, you know, incredible offense, and that's the reason why they won tonight. Yeah, I, I go for the ball. Like, uh, if you can't stop people, like, I'm all for, you know, kind of making an impact on defense right. and taking some risks. If you're going to kind of get burned anyways quite a bit, like I'm all for trying to get in the lanes and, you know, trying to get out and transition, especially with the athleticism we have and just try to go the other way because um, I think that's, you know, forcing turnovers and stuff like that, uh, you know, really gets your, you know, whole team going on offense. And, um, you know, I, it's easy to be kind of less aggressive when, you know, you're going to lock everyone down for the entirety of the shot clock. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm more inclined to have a team that takes some risk uh, when, when we're struggling guarding and we don't really know what we want to do. And we we're throwing kind of zones out there that don't really work and stuff like that. But I, yeah, I think uh, I, I like where we're going. 104 doesn't sound too good defensively. That's for sure. But <laughs> But number yeah. one, number one in offensive efficiency sure sounds good, and uh, as Bill Walton says many times, offense wins championships. So let's hope he's right about that, and uh, Baylor can ride this offense to 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 a nice winning streak as they um, continue to face you know some pretty tough competition. Kansas comes to town Monday, big game at Oklahoma on, on Saturday. Oklahoma has Oklahoma State in Stillwater tomorrow night, uh, so we'll be watching that to see how they do there. But if but if Baylor can get you know on this road trip and, and get two wins in a row and be four and three with Kansas coming to town, 
I think I think that's a huge uh, you know possibility for a signature win against Kansas. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things where at the beginning of the week, I I told my dad I was like, you know, one and one would be pretty good this week. Two uh, difficult road games. All these road games are going to be tough. Right. Um, you know, but once you win the first leg of that, you get greedy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then you say like, okay, well we are we're one and zero. Like obviously, I'm not going to be happy if we lose in Norman. Uh, so that's, that's not going to be an easy game. Um, their coach is kind of a lunatic quarter motor. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've noticed on the sidelines, like he's a little deranged, but, uh, yeah. uh, I'm sure, I'm sure he's a lovely person, but, uh, <laughs> well, hey, that guy's, what did I, the big 12, right? I mean, it, it couldn't have gone better from, from what we probably are rooting for. We always love to see Kansas lose. Congratulations to Jerome Tang and the Kansas State Wildcats for getting that big home win against Kansas. And then uh, Tyrese Hunter on his homecoming back to Iowa State, he comes out there and just is balling out the first five minutes. He scores 10 points, and he was about zero points the rest of the way as uh, Texas just took control of that game. I mean, uh, Iowa State took control of that game and put Texas away in the second half. Uh, so that that was pretty comical to watch uh, – you know, him uh, flexing his uh, chest a little bit and then uh, for him to, you know, just kind of have have a pretty lackluster second half. I'm sure that Iowa State fans love that. Yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of annoying uh, having the three games, you know, the three big games for the Big 12 all oh, in the same game. Right. I mean, you know, it's, you know, the 6 and the 8 o'clock is fine. You know, the, you know, back-to-back. You know, they went into overtime, so our game was going, and I didn't really get to pay much attention to the end of the K-State game. But uh, really nice when they can spread those games out, but only so many days in the week. Uh, Always good to see Texas lose. Always good to see Kansas lose. Um, I mean, I love Tech, so tonight was hard watching them lose. But All right, so uh, even after the win tonight, Baylor is projected to be nine and nine in conference. Uh, TCU also projected to be nine and nine. Kansas still projected to win the league, thirteen and five. Iowa State twelve and six. I think there's a lot more drama here to come. Man, it would be great if Baylor can somehow get to six and three at the turn. Uh, you know, that's obviously going to mean they win six in a row. But uh, you got Oklahoma. At Oklahoma, you know, that's a very winnable game. Then you play Kansas at home, and then you go on the road to Texas, which obviously not is not easy. Uh, but if they could be 6-3 and three at the turn, you know, what they have after that looks more manageable. Uh, three of their next four games are at home. you got Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and West Virginia. So kind of the bottom of the conference, then you, then you go to TCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's yeah. a big deal. Like, you, if you can get 6-3 six, six and three or 5-4 and four at the turn, then you kind of set yourself up for – a possibility of, uh, you know, being there uh, when it matters at, at the end of the uh, conference year to, to to have a chance to win the league. But, but I mean, I, th- I think it's probably going to take, given the 0-3 no, I, start, I, you got to be 6-3. and three. Yeah, no, I agree with your assessment that going on a big winning streak would be huge. <laughs> I think that's – You would like I, that. I think that's As a fan, on. you would like that. As a fan, I would like that. And even if I, you know, take my Baylor green gold glasses off, I would – say it's objectively good for Baylor if that occurs. <laughs> really yeah. do you think? Yeah, some, some of these offensive stats are, are interesting. Uh, you know, number one, as I mentioned, number one in, in the country in offense efficiency now. They are 12th in offensive rebounding percentage. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they're 19th in, in, in uh, free throw attempts uh, divided by field goal attempts. So they're getting to the line more than they ever have. You know, that's that's a lot of that's Keontae George. He's really good at that. Uh, and, man, he, has he been playing tremendous the last few games? I mean, he has been just unreal. Uh, and, and really, I think, giving great effort on the defensive end as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, you took a huge charge uh, in the last game. Right. Um, you know, down the stretch. And I I think that he's been progressing defensively, but his shot-making ability is better than any player I've ever seen at Baylor. Yeah. I, I mean, just, you know, something out of nothing. Yeah. Just, you know, the, the kind of shots that, you know, most of the time, if an opponent makes a shot like that on you, you're just, you know, you are just like, okay, well, that was lucky. Right. But at some point, you got to go, oh, no, that guy just makes those kind of shots right, right, all right. the time. Yeah. I mean, when he's making three or four really, you know, terrible shot, like if anyone else on the team shot those shots, we'd be screaming at them. Yeah. Like even even Flagler, even if yeah. it was Flagler, I'd be like, "Oh, come on, come on, Flag, that's not your, <laughs> you know." But with Keontae, you just let you, yeah, I'll miss a couple of them, but yeah. uh, he makes a lot of them, and it, it it's it's just insane. Yeah, his his skill level is is something, you know, especially for a freshman, and and I and I love the fact that you know he was good at the beginning of the season, but he's gotten so much better. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm kind of interested to see. I'm, I'm going to look at his. Uh, uh, yeah, so his offensive rating is a 111 uh, total, but he's 120 since conference play. You know, so in the toughest conference in, in America, he's 39% from three-point range. You know, his efficiency <laughs> numbers have gone up a lot uh, since since conference play, which is which is a really good sign of a player that's locked in and, and you know, focused on improving. That That's good to see. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like he's been hit the glass. Uh, as well all of our guards really I, I think LJ had a huge play in this game I thought when it got a little dicey uh, towards the end I mean we weren't quite closing it out how we wanted the big rebound uh, yeah on the one and one yep. LJ gets in the mix gets the rebound hits Keontae on the outlet and Keontae goes down and gets fouled uh, it makes shooting the and, yeah. that, and that was the ball game yep. pretty much so uh, it got a little dicey, and to have guards out there getting big rebounds like that. Keontae had a couple big rebounds, and um, yeah, I think that that's that's huge, especially when you know we're kind of a guard-heavy team by necessity. Uh, those guys have to help out on the glass. Yeah, no question. Uh, he was big. What, now, so let's, let's uh, some of the questions I'm getting in text. Any 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 thoughts on why Dale Bonner's not playing? I, you know, as you think it's just Scott Drew shortened his rotation. I, I have a theory, but I want to hear your thoughts first. <laughs> well, I was waiting for the inside scoop on uh, you know what happened last game. Uh, you know, with Bonner allegedly, you know, um, not wanting to go in, you know, during garbage time. Um, I mean, I think that, that that kind of stuff, Drew, will get worked out. I'm not worried about that. Um, you know, attitude issues and stuff. I've I've heard that Bonner w- is not the kind of guy who's, you know, going to have, re- you know, repeating issues yeah. there. But Great kid, yeah. Yeah, I do think there 
there is some necessity, uh, uh, yeah, to shorten the bench. And we really need to, like some of these games that we played against other teams and people have brought it up on the board, you know, where it's like, well, you know, Mike Miles played 39 minutes against us. Right. You know, uh, why, why is, you know, like, why should we not have Flagler and or, um, yeah, Keontae on the floor all yeah, the time. Right. And so, um, and as LJ is kind of rounding back into form after his concussion, you know, he's added to that kind of uh, three-headed monster as well. So I think that, um, I think that shortening the bench for sure sounds about right to me. What do you think? Yeah, I, no, I agree. I, I think, um, number one, uh, Dale hasn't played very well the last few games, and so I think it's it's a symptom of that. I, I think we're going to need him to win games at some point. You, you know, somebody's going to get injured. Somebody's going to he's going he's going to mm-hmm. have his opportunity like he like he did last year. Uh, but you know, he just hasn't played very efficiently the last few games. Now neither has Langston. Langston has put together three games in a row that haven't been great. Uh, but I do think that there is something to Langston, Josh, and and Keontae. I mean, Keontae's putting it on paper. He's been consistent. He's been terrific, uh, you know, in conference play especially. But uh, those other two, you know, the, the key to the upside may be the development of those guys. You know, they're freshmen. Uh, Langston, if he can take a step, you know, the next, you know, few four or five games, then he could be a huge part of any upside that Baylor has. Uh, you know, he's a guy that can defend and he can rebound. He's a bigger guard, long wingspan. You know, so I, I think there's something just to that, you know, that, you know, he probably has more upside uh, than Dale does, uh, you know, fr- from just a talent standpoint and an age standpoint. But but I also just think it's, you know, Drew typically does this. You know, he cuts his rotation down from nine to eight, you know, by the time conference play heats up. And, you know, Caleb Lohner also, you know, he, he got some yeah. pretty good minutes against Oklahoma State, only nine tonight. And I thought he played pretty well tonight. He, he did have the I, one I, turnover. I but yeah. And I, I think you're right. I think these guys have a role on the team still. Yeah. And they're, it's just going to be kind of a game-by-game situation yeah. on who are we going to need on a particular night. And I think Bonner's problem right now is – so I he's a pretty solid defender. Like he's not such a dominant defender that you just have to have him out there no matter what he does offensively. Right. You know, he's not Mark Vidal. He's not Davion Mitchell. Uh, that's no slight on him. I mean, very few are those types of players. But if Davion was having a, uh, a poor night offensively, like he's not coming out. Right. You know, because he's, you know, cutting off the head of the snake defensively and Vidal's flying all over the place, getting rebounds and defending and, you know, just total lockdown. So I don't think he's at that level where you can just totally kind of ignore uh, any uh, turnovers and any kind of problems that, um, you know, or lack of scoring that comes from him offensively just because he's a, you know, better than average defender. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with all you said. I, you know, I, I think that uh, it's going to be interesting to see if John comes back. You know, what the rotations look like because you know John's going to play. Uh, you know, it's you know maybe he just cuts into flow and Josh's minutes, but uh, you know who knows? Well, you know those are good good problems to have, and and uh, certainly 
feels good after, you know, getting a win, a game that Baylor controlled pretty much the whole game, you know, up until the end. Tech kind of made it interesting. Uh, but, uh, you know, certainly the Bears, you know, did what they needed to do to, to get this in the in the win column. Do, do you think, yeah. um, you know, I'm hearing some rumblings that uh, Tech may part ways with Mark Adams after the season, that they may, uh, you know, he's 66 and, you know, maybe they – ask him to step down or, or I mean, are you, do you think that's reasonable or do you think, you know, this, that's a pretty big overreaction based on, you know, just some uh, bad luck yeah. for them? I mean, it's hard to know what's going on. You know, you hear rumors about their program and stuff, like turmoil, uh, you know, stuff that's going on internally there. And you never really know what's uh, totally true. Uh, but it feels like maybe it's a little premature, but if, you know, if, if they're not really moving in the right direction, you know, kind of internally, like if there's just too much turmoil, um, in, in addition to, uh, the, you know, rough year on the court, then yeah, I mean, it could be enough. I mean, it's a program that was, you know, three years ago in a national title game and, you know, now they're zero and six in the league. And I, I think that, you know, people are, you know, Mark Adams had a pretty good first year, um, you know, and uh, I think that people now are probably wondering like, okay, well, was that just uh, him, you know, making it work with what, you know, Beard had kind of built and uh, it's natural for those questions to start creeping. in. so I, I don't know. Yeah. That, that uh, Fardal is a meek, you know, there's, he was going to put his name in the transfer portal and then he decided not to, and, yeah. you know, I, and, and I heard that he's, I didn't, I didn't see, you know, the brand. I think, I think he may have covered over the, the, uh, the logo, but, um, you know, tech is an Under Armour school and I, you know, he was saying that Under Armour hurt his feet and so he wants to wear Nikes. And I noticed like his, his shoes look kind of weird. I think, I think he just put tape over the logo and was wearing Nikes, but I don't think I've ever seen that. You know, I don't think I've ever seen a player not wear, the shoes that you know is sponsoring your team that that's kind of bizarre yeah it's like jordan where uh you know draping the flag over his uh his warm-up at right. the uh, at the olympics right yeah what, it was a reebok or whatever whatever brand was sponsoring the olympic team <laughs> now i i mean it's like that except he's he's probably not as good as jordan <laughs> not really in the same ballpark no doubt about it <laughs> Just my opinion. Just yeah, my opinion. yeah. Well, big win, great night for the Big Twelve basketball. It's uh, going to be an exciting season, and and certainly, I think we all feel better after three wins in a row uh, than we did after that, you know, third loss. Um, you know, things are looking up, and uh, Baylor certainly has, uh, you know, put themselves in a really good position, you know, as far as the NCAA tournament, and and also just, uh, you know, making a run in the Big Twelve race. But uh, a lot of work ahead, and uh, it starts with Oklahoma on Saturday. And it's impossible to go thirty-five and five until you go fourteen and five. So beat the Sooners. Absolutely, Sikkim Bears. All right, Sikkim. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely.